for the Toronto Race Trail on the 16th of October, uh, 25.3 Eastern Time, uh, 25.8 UK. Uh, sorry about the delay, the technical issues have played uh, up with us this weekend. So, glad to welcome Alan Watt to the, the broadcast again. And uh, I was talking to Alan off there about the use of fear as a, as a weapon, if you like, to control the masses and uh, how it's used in ancient times how it's used in, in modern times with the current Ebola uh, thing going on. And, um, I mean, uh, how far back does this actually go, Alan? I mean, I, I know I discussed the, the aspects and how they've used the equipment and things like that to, to instill fear in the population, uh, claiming that uh, they, they, they had control of the sun and they could block it out any time they wanted to, to punish the people, if you like. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, you also have it in the Middle Eastern countries as well, uh, with uh, Zoroastrianism, things like that, uh, where the, you had the sun uh, priests as well, basically, to uh, the various cults and religions. Uh, initially, you see, to start off, to get a powerful system going, which we, we today call government, you must, it starts off generally with families that slaughter other families and take over lands, and then you have the problem of maintaining the hold over the, the people, and so in comes the intelligentsia, the hired intelligentsia, who then uh, know instinctively, intuitively, uh, how to put across fear to get the people to obey. It's much better to, to rule people by having them comply with your, with your obeyance uh, and be obedient to the system rather than fight you all the time or rebel. Uh, and so this is a very ancient technique. And you'll find even today in the modern times, uh, so much money, all through the 20th century up to the present time, has been in sociology, etc., behaviorism, has been into the study of all the histories of this, plus into human nature itself, because the one thing uh, that's on rulers' minds, it doesn't matter what kind of ruler you want to believe your uh, rulership you're in, whether it's democracy or whether it's, uh, it's fascism or communism, whatever it happens to be, they all use the same systems. And they're, they're all really front systems for the money to lead above them in all systems, even in the communist system. And, and therefore, uh, the same systems that work will always be used. They're all formula, as Plato said, even in his day. And therefore, fear, uh, they found, is the best way to have people to comply. Uh, we find we find in the Green Party in Britain, for instance, only about three or four years ago, the, the, the woman who was in he- ahead of that time came out uh, on the, the news and said that if only we get the public into a war mode, as it were, during the Blitz in London, World War Two, because everybody, when, they were, when the whistles went off and the sirens went off, they ran into their shelters, they're crammed into those shelters, uh, they're already on incredible rationing, you know, in Britain. That lasted about 10 years, 11 years. People don't realize it stopped. The ration cards were still issued up to 1951. And uh, but the people all complied because they were all believing that if they didn't comply, they'd all perish. And so fear is the greatest motivation of all to get people to simply comply and be obedient. Now, the studies in behaviorism, and here's the thing, was, it's really interesting, uh, that the experts today in behaviorism and neuroscience understand the fear mechanism perfectly well. And they've, they've also done extensive surveys into what worked in ancient times all through history to the present, and the, including when a country was under attack from maybe three or four sources, or they could have a plague ongoing, be at war with a foreign government, uh, being threatened with invasion. And, so, and they found that the people can only logically think 
even average individual, if you have no more than two major crises on the go simultaneously at the same time, if you have any more than that, you begin to break down and you look for answers from what you think are people who know. So someone who comes along uh, and says, I'm an expert, uh, obey me, don't worry, and they're very compl- very quiet and complacent and so on, uh, you, you will trust them and you'll give all your obedience to that person. That's the system we're under today. Yeah. Um, neither a man nor a crowd nor a nation can be trusted to act humanely or to think humanly under the influence of a great fear. That's right. And, uh, as I've heard you say many times before, the feel fear starts to get uh, into an emotional argument about, about any subject. And of course, fear, fear is one of the greatest emotions. It is. And then you're not, think, you're not thinking rationally or sanely. Yes, it's a, it's a primitive primal emotion because it's to do with survivalism. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't comply, you'll perish. That's a simple statement that's put out, where it's for inoculation that rakes in millions for, or even billions for the big pharma companies, uh, like the swine flu vaccine that they had to stop dishing out eventually because it was killing too many people. But uh, things like that, uh, and we're seeing the same thing with the Ebola scare. Since 9-11, uh, here's the key, since 9-11, that was the unrolling of the whole new sociological system of control over populations of many, many countries, and, and they hope eventually the whole world for compliance under the new world state they've been pushing for for years. And um, nothing. they said that 9-11 happened. I think it was uh, Cheney came out, one of the guys came out at the top and says, nothing will ever be the same again. And that night on the air, it was on uh, WWCR, uh, I said, uh, the hardest thing to hold on to from now on, from, from now on, and I meant it, because I'd read all their previous stuff building up to this, would be to hold on to your sanity as we go through this. And we've had nothing but uh, crashes with the banks, the stock markets. You've seen your, your currencies deliberately devalued all the time. Your taxes have, have gone way up. They brought in the austerity doctrine, and I said at the time that uh, the austerity doctrine really means that all your spending money will go to bare essentials in the future. That's what that's the big agenda. Because I'm not. It's not. It, this stuff is an open secret, as H.G. Wells said. They publish at the top and through the United Nations and all the different treaties they sign what where they're taking you. And at the same time, we've got Ebola on the go, uh, fear of your lives. Uh, crashes, oh, Al-Qaeda, now it's ISIS and a whole bunch of other things. It's the same group. But, but this, the average person can't cope with all these, these fear mechanisms. But I'll tell you the best place to find the techniques of fear and how they're used today. And it's actually through uh, marketing. Marketers work with governments, the top ones do, the big corporations. And uh, they've done the most extensive studies of how to use fear to get folk to buy things, for instance. Uh, even right down to, well, if you don't use this toothpaste, your teeth's going to fall out, etc., etc. It's all to do, it's not just vanity, it's actually fear that, that you're going to be the oddball out here and look ugly, etc. Uh, or you've got the little car there that's got rust on it, small car, and here's the big car passing you, you by, and you feel that you're a loser, and that's pushed in the advertising. But it also comes down to, to all forms of selling everything today, including alternative media. And I've watched alternative media for many, many years. And when it comes to the SARS non-event that happened in Canada a few years back, to the present thing with Ebola, they all go into hyperdrive selling all their products uh, with, with uh, again, uh, uh, under fear. Uh, and I was uh, uh, terrifying you, and here's the antidote, buy this. And the, the poor suckers go and buy it all, hoping it's going to save them, possibly. So they sell them 
legally, uh, they actually sell them legally, a form of hope, but not actual fact, you see. And it's a very ancient technique. Remember Rockefeller's old man was a snake oil salesman, and he used all of these techniques too. So it's on the go today, and everyone goes into hyperdrive uh, when it comes to fear. Right, I read an article last week from the Behavioural Insights team in the UK, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're actually admitting in the, in the mainstream media here that the Behavioural Insights team is, is there to uh, psychologically um, scare people. Yes. In the taxi. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that in itself is, a, is an assault, surely. I read that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and they, they also, that the team, it's, it's been doing for the last, well, for the last year anyway, uh, organ transplant. Mm-hmm. You've got to feel, you've got to eat. If it's not fear, it's guilt. You know, they make you feel guilty about it. Yes. Uh, and they're also sick of the, um, the big pharma stuff. I mean, the, the chemist shops here, I don't know what they're like over there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, don't get, you don't get tight music. You don't get tight music in the shops here. You get, you get flu shot adverts. That's right. Yep. It's, it's constant. I mean, all, all the signs in the car park get a flu shot, get a shingle shot, get a pneumonia shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think I mentioned to you before, there was a, a big effigy of the Grim Reaper yeah. in the entranceway to the, the pharmacy for Halloween. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 got, I got a nice photograph of that with a, yeah, a flu shot sign. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, fear is, uh, I mean, it, it, it takes on many, many aspects. I mean, even, even in family life, you know, going back to the vaccinations, you've got to get your children vaccinated or something terrible is going to happen. That's right. Um, or you've got to have the, you know, all the women's magazines, oh, you've got to have this, you've got to have this, or the, the woman pistols a man, can we have this new TV or, or whatever it is? You know, we've got to keep up with the Joneses. Yes. I mean, it takes many, many different forms. Oh, it, it, what they do, here's the key to it, you see. In commercial systems, uh, where the big guys who get up there at the top, they form cartels, they're big gangs at the top, big corporate gangs, and they have cartels, and conglomerates where they all work together. That You must, in this day and age, work together at the top. They don't really compete with each other at the top. But the system itself forces everyone else to compete with each other, even at the bottom. That, that's the key to it all. As you say, you better keep up with the Joneses. What will your neighbours say? Oh, your fence isn't mended, or your grass is too long, etc. Et I better get a new lawnmower. All these things uh, are meant to... to uh, these are external motivational factors that are placed upon you and forced upon you by the commercial system in which you actually live. And, and so it's all to do with conform, conform, and, and, and which means really purchase, purchase, and have all the latest stuff so you can cut your grass, so you can uh, earn enough money to fix the fence and, and, and all this kind of stuff. So uh, you don't realize... I mean, I know people who are very elderly, very elderly, who went through uh, the first Great Depression, uh, as they call it. And it wasn't the first one really at all, but we'll call it that because it's in the books. And that was manipulated too, of course, by three three guys at the top with Gould and, and so on, and J.P. Morgan. But anyway, some of their parents didn't have to actually earn physical money in the U.S. because there was no uh, taxes as such as we think of them today. They didn't have uh, um, taxes on their property uh, many of them simply bartered. If you wanted some from the dentist, and you could do odd jobs, or you could you could put in a new cupboard for them, or some something like that. That's what they did. And the rest of the time, they, they simply sustained themselves. They farmed their own land and sustained themselves. 
but uh, when FDR and that rest of them came in, and, and of course the, the big depression, they were forced to go start for the first time to get money to pay taxes. And so the loophole was closed, and now you're all forced to go along in the same corrupt system that we're in today and be a good taxpayer. In fact, it's one of the definitions of being a good citizen is to be a good consumer and producer, according to the United Nations, and, of course, a good taxpayer as well. Uh, so all this talk about freedom is nonsensical when the various options you had have been taken away from you by law, you know. Yeah, it's quite ironic that you're keeping up with Joneses and you're going out to spend the money you don't have. Yes. And you, then, you start, then, then you start getting fearful about not having any money. Exactly. The, the biggest problem today, physically, one of the biggest problems, apart from the junk food we, we eat and, and GMO and pesticides and, and the vaccinations that, that causes cancers and all the rest of it, one of the biggest problems we have is anxiety. And anxiety itself is definitely going to shorten your life and cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Never mind social problems and interpersonal relationships and all the rest of it, too. Yeah. Of course, the interpersonal relationships, I suppose, is, is another aspect. Because, you know, women, women are, are, are trained And plus the, f- the fear factor of not earning enough money because, again, the feeling, if the feeling of security there, f- uh, financial security is not there in the home, uh, then, of course, it causes incredible problems and arguments and divorces, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, media. The media plays the, the major role mm-hmm. in this kind of thing by, by promoting it from the, from the, well, on all, on all levels of society, yeah. uh, from the tabloid papers to the, the so-called broadsheets. Um, which which are all becoming one of the same these days, so what I can see. Yes. But the, there was a, an article here the other day that was uh, about Ebola. And basically, it's not, it's not Ebola you need to be scared of, mm-hmm. it's the flu. Mm-hmm. And, and you're thinking, shit, here we go, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's so ridiculous, it's laughable. But, and people people buy into it. I mean, are, are people so um, kind of broken down in, in terms of the amount of stuff well, here's the key to it. Uh, here's the key to that because, um, and the, the, the endless sociological studies on the general populations over well over 150 years now, basically, uh, they know uh, that, and I liken it to a, a, a herd of cattle getting stampeded. Uh, to get that, the cattle moving initially, uh, you have to instill some kind of fear and noises or, or gunshots, like you'll see in old westerns. Or some uh, uh, attack by wolves, a pack, something to get them motivated. Because they're just like people. We like to graze in the same area. It's familiar. It's our home, blah, blah, blah. Once you get them starting to run, the trick is to keep them running. Uh, and once, and all you have to do then is get a couple of riders up front there to, to, to make sure, and to the size of them, that you can actually steer where you want them to go. That's why you call them a steer, uh, the, the, the cow. You, know, the, 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 you can guide to where they want them to go. And uh, it's all done through fear. And if, if, they, if they want to go in a different direction, you just fire more, more guns off at the side of them or whatever it is. 
and that they'll move off away from it uh, very simplistically to get away from the, the, these nasty uh, lethal sounds. And so that's how the general population is today. The more fear you can hit them with incessantly and keep it up, don't give them a chance to sit back and be comfortable for a while. When we get comfortable, we start to talk to each other rationally. And when the government tries to push something, we start to complain amongst each other initially and say, well, I don't really want to go along with this. I'm getting kind of like the way it is right now. But but, but what I've done since 9-11 is just one thing after another until you're, you're, you're petrified. And that's when they flood you with the experts, with expert opinions from economics uh, to to uh, health, health, health. It's all over television, all the so-called experts that come out and all guide you along this path uh, where you'll never be your own master of your own thoughts. That's the, that's the key to it all, yeah. Yeah, you got to keep them stampeding and guide them, always guide them by new experts in different fields, yeah. And back in the, 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 the 40s and even the 30s, Bertrand Russell said the same thing. He says we shall, we shall uh, replace logic and reason amongst the general population by uh, expert opinion on everything until they adopt expert opinion, until a woman can't change a diaper without expert opinion. And, and that's all been done. We've been trained since birth, a whole, a whole generation, to listen to experts. Even when we see the physical evidence or the realistic evidence that their expert opinion was wrong last time, they still fall for it the next time. Yeah. yeah and they're never, they're never quite happy enough to put their names to things either. Yes. Uh, they're always unnamed. Well, well, you'll find, that's right. You see, so what they do now, and I read the article uh, about a year ago, I think, on there, uh, it was from the Pentagon and other places that, because it was to do, in fact, with handouts from government agencies in the U.S. especially, uh, but all governments are the same, uh, that they'd replace uh, individual reporting with simply handouts and they wouldn't sign it from where it was from, but it was all coming from the same uh, ministries of information, basically. Uh, but under the guise of expert opinions. And all the newspapers are putting in these big articles, verbatim, without question, and so on. They even did some open uh, television interviews uh, on some of the big stations a while back on that, but it's all forgotten now. But that's how most things are coming out today, is just uh, expert opinions. Uh, and uh, same with uh, the weather manipulators, too, and the geoengineering uh, meetings they have all the time, they actually smirk and laugh amongst themselves when they, whenever they mention, oh, one day we might do it, instead of uh, admitting to the public, yeah, we've been doing it for years and here's the outcome. So we're living truly today in a kind of magic land of very high sciences all working at the same time. Thousands of think tanks across the world working together uh, to manipulate whole populations along the same path into a common world culture. Uh, with a dominant minority at the top giving you your thoughts for the day, for every day of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, 
funny, it's funny when you read a news article that says uh, an expert says, you know, an expert in what? I mean, yeah. <laughs> expert is the word. Uh, the actual expert in the fucking Sure. And I said, I know, I mean, I've said for years, if, how come at least twice a century the big banks plunder you, premeditated plunder, they plunder whole countries and nations and continents, twice a, twice a century at least, uh, and they get off with it, and the laws are never changed to stop it happening again. It's because they want that to, to loophole, and they want to stay the same, so they can do it again. We're living in a fake system, and, and that's the key to it. If we have all these fantastic experts going to the top economic schools and so on, how come they never see anything coming? We're supposed to believe this, this nonsense. They never see it coming. It's all a joke. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> That's right. Every time. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the impression we're meant to have, because the politicians themselves, are, and it truly is, they're obsolete, and they've been obsolete for an awful long time. I did shows years ago on that, uh, from the, the big boys again, and even back in the 60s, Quigley and other people, Professor Quigley said the same thing. He says governments today are, are obsolete uh, as, we, as they're projected to the public. Uh, because um, the big corporate, uh, corporate international corporation cartels already ran the show back in the early 60s and had been for long before that, in fact. And government goes to them for advice on everything. So that's how it's been for a long time. Politics is a punch and judy show for the general population. Uh, and sometimes you'll cheer punch and sometimes judy. And you'll throw, you'll throw rotten tomatoes at one or the other. And this is the game that they present to the public has been actually true. The Pentagon has more say in the U.S. and along with the big corporations than, than the politicians do. And every politician knows it. Because they're all dependent on the, the corporations to, put, to, to, to back them when they want to run for Congress or, or the Senate. Yeah, so, so they have a few as well. Oh yeah, they're all paid off. They're paid when they get massive donations by millions of dollars from corporations. They have many meetings with the different corporate leaders. It isn't he's a, a charitable donation. We believe in your cause and walk away. No, here, here's the deal. This when you get in, this is what you'll do for us. I mean, as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. These are the lemmings over the cliff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was also speaking to somebody else who was talking about, um, you know, Obama's, Obama's uh, the, the better of the two evils. Uh-huh. I think, well, why, why are you voting for evil at all? Exactly. Why, you know, and uh, that, that didn't get a good response. If a system doesn't work, regardless of the presentation that you're given to believe in, left wing, right wing, whatever it happens to be, if, it, if the same agenda goes on regardless from the United Nations and treaties getting signed into deeper ties and binding and, and no party ever comes in that changes it, 
then it's the same agenda. Uh, the party system is nonsensical. They're both the same. They're all, they're all getting money to get to, to run, you know, each, each individual in those parties from the same sources. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the, the, the public are basically in fear of what's coming next. They think, oh, oh my goodness, uh, that last one didn't do very well. Exactly. You know, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same things over and over, expecting a different result, when all you've seen in the past by doing the same things over and over is the same result. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, um, we'll stop there for a piece of music, and then we'll come back and perhaps talk a little bit about the current and past state of the truth movement, and uh, you've already brushed on how fear is used in that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I've told people before, there's no point in getting paranoid about things because, yeah, they, they are monitoring everybody. I mean, the whole population, even for people who are sitting just watching pornography all day and being a good citizen by doing so, by the way, uh, because that's what they're pushing is rubbish like that. They know everything about every single person. And so even if you think that you're, I better not say this or better not say that and keep myself clean, they still know what's going on around you because you have little comments out to your friends and so on. You have no idea how many ways you're spied upon, even when you're out walking in the town. Uh, and it's not just cameras they have up. They have little mic, incredible, great little mics up too. They can hear you're, you're talking in a doorway 200 yards away automatically. So, I mean, no, they know all about you, but your, your chats and your texting and all the rest, they know exactly what's happening in your, in your head. Um, so don't be paranoid about it. And by the way, they're not worried about most folk anyway, believe you me. They're, they're not worried at all. But for a totalitarian system, everyone must be utterly predictable. And that's why the average Joe is being completely uh, monitored with all their, their, their records of phone calls and all the rest of it too, and yada, 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 including what they watch on television, etc. Uh, so, so forget that. You, 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 there is no, there is no um, safety uh, unless you become a hermit on top of a mountain somewhere. You know. I read, I read a couple of articles from, I think it was Guardian, last week, and when the... British government was stating that we, we needed more powers to snoop on people because uh, you know we just don't know who's a terrorist anymore. Blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. And in the same the same uh, paper, there was an article uh, telling parents that they shouldn't snoop on their children because they'll feel untrusted. You know, I mean, there, there's yeah. a hypocrisy. We we can get spied on by the government, but we've got to trust the government. Yeah, uh, but uh, parents aren't allowed to monitor their children's behaviour on the internet. I know, but the same token, they're using the old technique that the Soviets first used, uh, the Bolsheviks and Soviets, and then the Nazis and other, other totalitarian systems, that they're encouraging their children to spy on their parents. I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? This is hypocrisy, of course, but it's an ancient technique. It's even in the Old Testament in one place, too. 
how, how they would turn the, the children against the parents, etc. And uh, so this technique's been used down through many, many ages, uh, and it's very easy to do uh, in a totalitarian-type system, especially to children who really are, I don't care what they say today, no, they're not just little adults, they're, they're little children, and they don't have the wisdom, or, and their brain hasn't even stopped uh, maturing and growing and so on. So, so no, don't pretend there's little equals to you. This is a recent development. Children need guidance. And if you don't give them guidance, by the way, uh, that's why the totalitarians step in, because children automatically seek something that gives them security, and it's the very firm, adamant, uh, confident-type leader. And that's how totalitarian leaders get the followings. We're seeing this, all these techniques are being used today. Yeah even through the school systems. Yeah. Yeah, um, but they're getting the children to sing the, the kind of, uh, it's not even a national anthem, it's a, it's a song for the president and, or the song for the prime minister. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, a form of worship and, and religions are used through too where they're taught to pray for presidents and all the rest of it, etc. Uh, so uh, everything today truly is a, a joke in a sense. It's all a front and uh, even if, we haven't known what a single person has been like, a politician has truly been like for about 70 years because public relations took over a long time ago through marketing and, and through uh, uh, photo ops and pre-planned write-ups by script writers until the president or prime minister simply uh, reads the lines written by someone else, a quick photo op and he's gone again somewhere else. Um, it's just a showpiece. You're as well as a dummy. I mean, that's all they really are, as a dummy, you know. I, I, I was watching um, Cameron giving a speech the other day, and, uh, you know, they're supposed, to, they're supposed to speak from the, the heart and the head and all the rest of it. But the, the amount of time these guys actually have to look down and, and, and read off their piece of paper is incredible. I mean, they, they can't seem to get through one sentence without having to, to look down and, and remember what they have to say. Well, that's the key because, see, when, when they get off the script, they make, they make incredible gaffes, they slip up, and, and they're, they're constantly being told to stick to the script. And In fact, when Ronald Reagan was in, that was a, a really good example because he, he liked to chat away, and he'd get off the script, and he'd start smiling and joking and so on and, and talking away, and you could hear his wife in the background Ronnie, Ronnie, get, read the script, read the script. Uh, that was live. Uh, but since then, they've really stepped it up until they stick to the script. Obama's perfect. I mean, he's trained in basic deportment, you see. Uh, and he knows the gestures. He's shown what gestures to make. And that takes hours of training. I mean, hundreds of hours of training in front of a mirror, just like a, a singer. That's what they do. And uh, to get the right gestures to match the part in the script. And these are all professional teams that come in and, and all advise them and show them and step, them how, step by step how to go through it. That's how everything is today. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh, there, was a, there was a press conference held on the ball of the earth, I think it was about a week ago. And you, you thought it would get off script. When they walked out the door through the, the, the door at the back of the, the kind of podium thing, uh, one of the guys still has his mic on and says, we're, we're screwed on this Ebola thing. You know, and and, that, and that's it. They, they know they're standing up there telling back of lies, and uh, if, if somebody can just get them to cut, get off scripts, then, as you say, they make mistakes. And uh, yeah. I, I know that for a fact, because uh, I've told you before, we're, we're in the Irish Parliament talking to a so-called uh, Green Minister and mm -hmm. just kept changing the subject as he got into his, uh, his mantra and he, he basically, after about 15 minutes just stood up and says, I, I can't do this anymore I've got to leave Yes, 
In fact, you know, in the last year in the British papers, there was an article, uh, most of the papers carried it, that all MPs were given a, a, a grant by, again, their own, their own government gives them our tax money grant to, to give them acting lessons. Now, part of it is a standard st- technique they've used for an awful long time since the FDR's day. When they're asked questions that are kind of unseat or unnerve them, uh, they, they tell them, don't answer that question the way it's presented. Answer it the way you would like to have been asked or uh, about that, that question or even a similar type question but slightly slanted off. In other words, answer them the question you wish they had asked you. That's why when they ask, that you hear the reporters asking questions, they never get an answer that's even co- uh, remotely close to what they've just been asked. <laughs> and they all do that. Yeah, I've seen them kind of read. It's, it's called redirecting or something, is it? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and uh, they, they kind of they come out with this feeling. Like, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. And then, yes. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So what's the point in having them? What's the point in having politicians? And, you know? Well, exactly. They're entertainment, I guess. You see, if you didn't have the politicians there, you'd have to accept you're under a very clever, sophisticated, scientific form of total control. And that's what they don't want you to know yet, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to these guys long enough, you realise they're not they're not intelligent people, really. I mean, they're, they're good at they're good at talking, but there's there's nothing behind that kind of facade. And uh, but that 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 facade is is what keeps people in fear, right? because yeah. they, they they push this as a a genuine uh, health scale or or a, a, a you know, terrorist threat or whatever it is, and it, with uh, the gravit the gravitas or the hand signals and all that this this. Specific hand signal with the four fingers sticking out and the thumbs always up. That's right. Pushing it towards you. And, I mean, and they all do it. They all do it. They all do it. They're all taught the same deportment by the same professional teams. Remember when Margaret Thatcher got in? If you listen to her before, yeah, when when she when she ran initially was heard, heard her name for the first time. Her voice was high pitched. She talked very very fast. Her hair was completely different. They sent Ronald Reagan's PR team over to, to remake her image. And they gave her the complete hairdo. It was in the papers at the time. And they gave her elocution lessons on how to speak much deeper and like a man and things like that. And, and, and so on. And they completely gave her a, completely, a complete makeover. Uh, and that was a, a whole teams of professionals and deportment and, and speech and so on and acting. And, and that's, that's done with every single major politician. I kind, of, I kind of look at Hillary Clinton sometimes and think she, the way she's holding her head and everything is kind of like Margaret Thatcher, that kind yeah. of look, looking down on people kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. got, of course, Obama does that as well, and uh, Cameron, Cameron to a lesser extent. I don't know if that's just because he's short or what, I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, uh, getting, getting back to the pure thing, some, somebody's in the chat wants to talk about religion and politics. Um, I mean, religion in, in most, some countries other more than others, uh, religion's very heavily linked to politics and vice versa. You know, um, I lived in Ireland for a while. I saw it there. Um, in, t- in terms of uh, the eastern countries, say, uh, where they have the the, the religions over there, um, would would those religions in those countries have the same kind of power in the, in the political systems? Absolutely. Uh, again, too, it's a thing that's never touched on amongst the general population, but it's well known about, about, about the ones at the top who study uh, ethnology and, and uh, anthropology and so on. If you look at China, China's history is absolutely incredibly ancient. 
And even 3,000 years ago, uh, they had tried in different little areas or regions of China, they tried communism, uh, fascism, socialism, all the isms of today, they tried it way back then. And they found with a particular mindset mentality of the Chinese people, for instance, that the Confucianism and devotion uh, uh, towards a common cause, which is all of us, basically, uh, is the best way to motivate them to obey and comply and teaching of shame. Because Chinese people are very family-oriented, basically, very, very strong. Uh, and you, you find that shame works the same with, with the family as it does to the nation. And shame is always pushed on the person who lets the side down, you might say. So uh, they have a, a form of uh, religion to an extent, but basically uh, a, a form of, of uh, you might call it philosophy, to, which is drummed into them. And partially, perhaps even genetic, because um, you'll find... Like the study again, we're, we're the most studied species on the planet over and over with the same studies, uh, and you find uh, that language itself dictates your reasoning to, to a great extent and your behavior. And with Chinese people, and and, the, and even when you uh, different parts of their brains will, will, will light up when they're doing mathematics from say Westerners or, or going through reading certain things in the hieroglyphic type uh, writing, the old type writing. Uh, different parts of the brain light up compared to us reading our basic uh, Arabic type uh, and Greek scripts. So we're affected by so many things that the general population are, are kept are kept dumb about. But language itself can really alter your reasoning power as well. And, and in fact, you cannot you couldn't fool a caveman. A caveman had his little cave. He'd have a, a, a wife, uh, maybe a child or something, and he'd be off uh, hunting there with his big club. And if a tax man came in, he couldn't, he could never convince that caveman, uh, to give up his home or to, to allow that cave to be measured so he can get taxed, so the guy could take half his meat away from him. The guy would, the caveman would bash him on the head. In other words, he couldn't be fooled by language. It wouldn't work on him, you know, if he didn't understand it. It's only when you start to understand a common language, and that's why it's so important when you, you study language itself and grammar. I used to wonder why the credible science behind just basic grammar is because it was so important from the ancient times to the present. The Greeks knew this. It, it, it all dictated the way that you would think and how you could be easily programmed to think about any particular topic put out to you in an expert way. And that really does decide our, our, our reasoning and our motivations and how we'll behave in the future on any different particular topic. So language itself is a form of programming similar to computer to an extent uh, and, and that uh, the way that words are strung together uh, and with, with again with, with the, the visual and everything else that goes along with the presentation of fear or, or wonder or whatever it happens to be, they can put it across in such a way they can guarantee you at the end of one hour show we will have all pretty well the same opinion on a well-produced con no matter how what the con happens to be but uh, our reasoning will bring us to to that because we're dependent upon the format of the language as it's presented to us to come to our reasoning decisions yeah yeah of course uh, political correctness is uh, the the tool uh, used to make people fearful of saying the wrong thing. Absolutely. So that's uh, kind of got us to there. Um, there's a quote from Aristotle as well. 
Uh, just to finish off, um, he who has overcome his fears will truly be free. Would you, would you say that's a true statement, Alan? Yes, and in reality, as the truth shall set you free, the old ancient thing that was copied even in the Bible from previous civilizations, because it doesn't mean it will make you physically free under any kind of system. It simply means that the only freedom you truly have is in your own mind. But at least it's yours. If you can, if you can reclaim your mind as yours, that's the freedom that you have. They can still go for you. They can tie you up. They can torture you. They can kill you, starve you to death, whatever it happens to be. But at least you know what's happening as opposed to the person like like Winston in 1984 that, that eventually crumbles and believes he's the cause of all his own misfortunes. It's not his misfortunes at all. He was trying to use reason and he didn't realize that had, yet the whole key is to hang on to your own reason and logic to the very end. That's the only freedom you have. Just to finish off, there's a question in the chat box here from Ross uh, to do with music. Um, is back masking in music or subliminal messaging guaranteed to induce fear if that is the intent of the message? If not, what is the best antidote to it? Back masking was a bit of a con when it was put out there. It was the whole culture and media works together. It's fashion, magazines, write-ups on, on say, pop, rock, whatever it happens to be, uh, etc. It all works together and to create an image that's really fake about a group or person or whatever it happens to be. Uh, uh, but so they, they would put out their own uh, occult stuff that, that guarantees youngsters will, will really look into it to see what this singer is up to or this band is up to. It, it made them more popular. It's still used today with some singers like Gaga and so on. So there's nothing really intriguing to me about that. I understand why they do it, just to get mo- make them more popular and different from the rest, you see. And youngsters like to be fascinated by scary stuff. But uh, you don't need that uh, to, to, to induce fear. The studies that have been done on music and drama and all the rest of it, on fear creation is, is phenomenal. And they know, for instance, um, if they want to induce the same feelings that fear brings on, uh, like slight sweating, uh, you, can, you can have dilation of the pupils, fight and flight syndrome, you get the beat right, uh, you, you match the average heartbeat, in a dance hall, for instance, you, you start to steadily, just slowly increase that beat. Your heart will start to keep up with it. Your blood pressure goes up and you get the same symptoms of fear, even though you don't see anything that, that literally terrifies you consciously. So it can be induced simply through the music itself. Uh, so this is a very old system. Uh, and I've done talks before. If you go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com archives, and listen to some of the talks I've done on, on the big creators of this system that worked with the top behaviorists and sociologists. In other words, you, you can create any kind of feeling uh, by stimulating the, the effects of, of the feeling one by one, give them the effects, and then the, the actual feeling will come upon them as though there was a real thing to be afraid of, or it can make you horny or whatever, as, as they know in the movie business. Uh, they, can, they, can, they can affect all these things so simply by simply inducing the, the effects one by one until they all come together and then you'll have the actual real experience as though something was scaring the hell out of you and you should start running. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just to, just to finish off, I suppose uh, we'll come up to the Halloween season and people actually now paying to be scared. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Halloween. Yes. Halloween, yeah. Or you, or you get on these bits uh, at the fairground and terrify yourself plummeting at uh, 60 miles an hour on a couple of rails. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then throw up at the bottom and wonder what's wrong with you. So, anyway, 
Okay, uh, thanks again, Alan, for your time. And sorry about the delays at the start. Um, one of those things. I think uh, next month or very shortly, we're going to move on to a different uh, different system and try that out. Uh, yes. Get away, yeah. get away from Skype altogether. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, talk to you again. I think it was the thirteenth of November, if I remember right. And, uh, we'll talk to you again. Okay. You take care of them. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye now.